Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Weighing In with Andy Hamilton and David Mercatani. I'm Andy Hamilton from Track Wrestling, coming to you from the National Wrestling Hall of Fame Dan Gable Museum in Waterloo. Joined on the phone by David Mercatani. Lots to talk about today, David. As always, yes, Tuesday. Last chance qualifier, um, some regional training center coaches. Uh, you got an announcement to make. Alex Thompson made an announcement today. Uh, Northern Plains and Central Regional beat the streets. Another stud going to Penn State. And then uh, look at 157 and 165 and how those weights shape up for 2018. Where do you want to kick this thing off? Wherever you want. You know, wherever you think. I mean, we I guess maybe start with Alex Thompson. I mean, that's a that's a big announcement. Just saw it pop up today, and he's going to end up going to Nebraska, right? Yep, yep. Three-time undefeated Iowa State champion from Underwood is headed to Nebraska. Uh, a guy that uh, you know, I got to watch his career unfold. You know, when I was at Des Moines Register, in fact, first time that I got a chance to see him live and in person was the state uh, tournament his freshman year, and he came out first. Uh, I think about 45 seconds of his first match and put 11 points on the board and scored like four different. Uh, used about four different holds to score takedowns. And um, next match, he wrestles a returning state champion and uh, took him down right away and kicked him out uh, for an escape. And I'm like, man, this kid's a, this kid is a lot of fun to watch. And, and uh, he put points up a lot of different ways. A kid that uh, extremely talented, uh, both in, in freestyle and Greco, cadet uh, finalist a couple years ago in Fargo. Uh, double All-American last year in uh, the junior division. Lost his first-round match, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, wrestled all the way back to place fourth. So uh, Nebraska certainly getting a good one. Not a not a huge surprise to me. Um, back you know the summer after his freshman year, uh, we we had a deal at the register uh, called the Iowa Eight, where we identified the eight uh, top prospects uh, in the state. Alex was one of those, and you know, asked him about uh, college possibilities at that point. Nebraska was high on his list. I know he talked a lot about Brian Snyder coming over and doing a camp. I, I don't know if it was at Underwood or whether it was in uh, Council Bluffs or where it was, but he, you know, he uh, developed a pretty good uh, connection with Brian Snyder there, and, and uh, certainly Underwood uh, right there along uh, by the Quad Cities, real close to Lincoln. So good gift for Nebraska. Probably going to be a 33, 41-pounder in college and uh, sets the Huskers up. Uh, they have a pretty strong set of lightweights there when you, when you factor in Jason Renneria being there as well. Yeah, Chris Williams, all those guys. I mean, we just had Manning on a couple of weeks ago. That's a big get for them, like you said. And he fits in that lineup nicely. So, I mean, they're going to have a really young team next year, I think. Uh you know, with the exception of, of their All-American at 57, for the most part, they're going to start freshmen and sophomores. So, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to kind of see how that shakes out. I mean, they've got leadership there and obviously a lot of leadership in the room, but that's a young team. And when I got a chance to talk to Manning, you know, he you could tell, you know, he goes, I know people don't think we're going to be very good, but we're going to be a lot better than, than people are giving us credit for. So, which, you know, we, we talked about that you know, private, well, not privately on, on the podcast, how, you know, people don't expect much, but they traditionally do a really good job. And they've got a team that could be a really solid dual meet team. They get some of those guys to, to just 
frankly, just get better and they could have a really good team again like they normally do. Well, while we're on the topic of Alex Thompson, he rolled through the Northern Plains Regionals both styles. I think uh, pins and techs all the way through. Uh, beat some really good dudes along the way, too. He uh, scored a fall against uh, one of the West Twins. I get the, I get Drew and Bryce West mixed up all the time. Uh, uh, but uh, the three-timer, uh, and I had a battle of three-timers from Iowa. Alex Thompson uh, pinned West in the semis in freestyle and then turned around and uh, teched Jake Gleva, two-time uh, Minnesota State champ, folk-style national champ. He teched uh, him in the finals. Just looked like a guy that was possessed this past weekend out to prove a point, and, man, he, he looked really good. As did uh, a couple of eighth graders, David. Uh, we got a chance to see uh, two of the, the most highly touted junior high kids in the country. And, and, you know, I don't follow junior high wrestling all that closely. I, you know, I like to wait until sure. these guys are at least taking high school classes. But, uh, man, Carson Manville. Uh, what he did, uh, you know, throughout the year, I mean, we had a chance to watch him uh, way back in October at the, the Michigan uh, Grappler Fall Classic, and he entered the elite division at 119 pounds and, and ran through some really good guys to win that tournament. And and uh, he's been on my, my radar ever since. And, and, you know, just a heck of an eighth-grade season up at Shakopee, Minnesota. And, and uh you know, he rolled through the brackets in freestyle up in Rochester this weekend, 45-0 to zero in, in four matches. And, the, and then the other guy that's a little bit further down the list, I think ranks seventh on the Intermat Junior High list, Alex Facundo from Michigan, a uh, guy that uh, won folk-style nationals, 145 pounds. So he's dealing with, uh, you know, kids that are a little bit more uh, physically mature in some of these tournaments he's wrestling in. But, uh, man, that's a kid that's it's put together. And both these guys are uh, extremely physical, extremely talented. David, kids are just getting better and better sooner and sooner. Uh, what what are you seeing that, that is enabling guys to, to have so much more success now at a younger age? I think it's a lot of things, right? Like, first of all, you got – you know, tons of access to video, you know, matches, you know, ability to study techniques, coaches going all over the country to do camps and clinics because, A, they can make money, and, B, they can build relationships recruiting. You know, like you mentioned, Thompson and the relationship with Snyder, and, you know, a lot of these coaches are known for being able to recruit really well in certain pockets of the country. And, I, you know, I don't know if this is good. I think more guys are specializing now. and I, I, you know, everything's smarter, right? Like, you know, sports medicine is smarter, like cardio is smarter. Like everybody is, is so much better. And then, you know, you have guys like Terry Pack, Hardell Moore, Jody Strittmatter, you know, those kind of guys. I mean, I don't want to leave anybody out. There's a ton of these guys that are running kids clubs and camps and things like that, that are, they're coaching these guys. You watch some of the scrambles, like, you know, if you're on Facebook or YouTube, I mean, or, or whatever social media, they, show like two nine-year-olds scrambling like college kids. It's insane. I mean, I'm, I'm helping out two 11-year-olds right now, and they're good. I mean, they're really good, and it's kind of crazy just, you know, they talk like 11-year-olds, and they walk like 11-year-olds, and sometimes they wrestle like 11-year-olds, and sometimes they wrestle like college kids. So it's it's cool to watch, and, you know, it's – this sport has never been for the pain of heart, and it continues to be that way because kids are getting better earlier and earlier, you know? So it's yeah, fun to watch, absolutely. though. It's really neat. 
Absolutely. And I, I mentioned the, the Central Regional, Facundo won both styles, really dominant in both. Uh, if you go to track wrestling, there's a highlight package that uh, we assembled from those two tournaments. Uh, some incredible throws in there, some violent throws, uh, <laughs> some pretty high-flying takedowns as well. And, and uh, both of those guys uh, are featured in that. Uh, David, last week after we recorded Beat the Streets uh, took place. Uh, did you get a chance to watch it? Yeah, yeah, I did. You know, not all in one sitting, but, you know, I went back and watched the matches. And really sort of the big match that stuck out to me was Chimizo and, and, and J.O. And, um, I, you know, they said they weighed in. At, you know, the weight was 65. I think they both weighed in closer to 70. But, you know, Chimizo is so good. And it just shows you how close, especially with some of the freestyle rules, how close guys are. I mean, you know, Chimizo wins on a reversal, which you never see. Uh, and that guy just seems like he has a gear, you know, like he can just kind of hang out and hang out and then you score and then, all right, well, now I'm going to score. And you know, that's just what he did. Uh, but it also shows that Jordan's really continuing to improve and mature. And, you know, he's in the best position he's ever been to make the world team, obviously being in the finals and getting away the winner of the tournament. And then, you know, Zane really shows that his – style, which normally is really conducive to college, but his pace is going to be a problem. And he's one of those guys that you think um, could really make some noise if he can get past Molinaro and some of those other guys. That He's the kind of guy that could run the gauntlet and still have something left in the tank at, at the end of the tournament to wrestle Jordan. Yeah, and, and uh, rewind that a little bit to talk about Jamizo and your point about uh... – you know, that gear, that extra gear that he can hit. Um, uh-huh. And when you when you rewind uh, to uh, two years ago, the world final, I mean, that was one of the most highly entertaining matches that, that I've ever seen with, with him out in Vegas, uh, you know, against uh, Navruzov of Uzbekistan. It was, um, you know, if, if you get a chance to go back and dig that one up, I'd, I'd highly encourage you to, to go do so. Uh, but... Uh, Man, that that was a that was a fun match to watch. As as uh, most Chimizo matches are, you're going to see some <laughs> stuff that you don't you don't see the uh, the uh, run of the mill dudes at uh, 65 kilograms doing. So uh, yeah, he, he's a blast to watch. Uh, certainly a highly entertaining guy. Um, you know, as we mentioned, the top last chance qualifier this past weekend. Uh, some some interesting stuff happened there. Uh, you get a chance to watch those. You get a chance to see I did. Final I watched, matches. Yeah, yeah, and some of the highlights in between. Jay Nyerman didn't win, but he certainly gave people some of their money's worth. Some of the flying squirrels and high flyers, and Bill and Ness still <laughs> hitting high flyers. You know, what I mean, and, and those guys are so good for the sport, right? Because they, I don't think they wrestle too entertain, but their wrestling is certainly very entertaining. So it's fun to watch them. Anytime you, know, you get you get a Ness laser matchup. You know, that's certainly <laughs> Yeah, for sure. You don't want to so, Gilman, Thomas Gilman coming back from a 6-0 deficit to beat DeShazer, 7-6. Yeah. A lot of interesting stuff happened up there. Imar rolling through uh, 74 kilos. Um, you know, Joe Rao. Yeah. Joe Rao, Greco guy coming out, wrestling freestyle and, and putting on a show out there. You know, I, I think, what, head pinch, head pinch, you know, yeah. for five in a row, I think. 
When you saw Gilman stop that head pinch by just going flat, right, against DeShazer, those head pinches are nasty for those guys that aren't used to them. Yeah. Yep. Well, as we mentioned at the top, a lot of uh, uh, regional training center news to break down. And, uh, you know, we mentioned on last week's show, Mark Perry, uh, the Iowa Hawkeye Wrestling Club, he had a chance to speak Friday night. Uh, at the uh, Hawkeye Wrestling Club banquet, um, you know, there's a video of that uh, floating around out there. Uh, IA Wrestle, I think, had some, uh, you know, chance to talk to uh, Tom Brands and, and Mark Perry and Des Moines Register. Chad Lysico, my former colleague, got a chance to catch up with those guys as well. Um, and then uh, one of Mark's former uh, teammates, college and high school teammates, Steve Mako, uh, headed to Brown, New England Regional Training Center. Stephen Abbas uh, staying in Fresno, going to run the uh, Regional Training Center out there. Davis, this is interesting stuff, just the, the commitment that schools are making now. I mean, it, it used to be uh, the, you'd only really hear about, um, you know, the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and the Cowboy Wrestling Club and then, you know, a few others here and there. Uh, but uh, regional training centers have certainly changed the game and, and uh, you know, the commitment that schools are making, it's it's been a difference maker. Yeah, it definitely has. And I think, you know, different schools have different philosophies on this. I mean, I called a couple of, of guys that I'm friends with, and some believe that, you know, the assistant coach or the head coach should be – should fill that role. And then there's other programs that believe that having a separate guy – you know, makes a big difference. I think having the RTC without a doubt is, you know, is better, right? Like it, it gives guys a chance to train in a, in a structured environment and the off season for those guys that want to pursue freestyle or Greco on a more competitive level than, you know, just doing it to do it, you know, it allows those kind of things. And, you know, I guess to me, like the one that's on the college campus or the ones on the college campus that he's really seen, the highest level of success is, you know, Ohio State and, and Penn State. You know, they're putting guys in the Olympics, getting, you know, Olympic gold medals and things like that. And that has to be a huge recruiting uh, asset when you're talking to kids. You know, there's some kids that just want to be college All-Americans or national champions, and there's nothing wrong with that. But those elite, elite guys usually have those kind of goals. And to be able to say, well, look, you can come here and get both done. You, know, you don't have to transfer somewhere else. That's, I think that's pretty powerful because I think a lot of kids that's what they're looking for. Well, and not just uh, that, but also the connection to the the local kid. I, I'm not 100% certain on the rule. I think it used to be 50 mile radius or something like that that uh, to Correct. train. Uh, you know, the, the connection you can make, and, and most of those kids grow up with an attachment to that local program anyway. But but the chance to, you know, for those. Um, college programs to get those guys in their room and get them working out with uh, fellow club guys and see what they're all about, how they handle um, some, uh, you know, a little bit of adversity and training and things like that. I think is, I think that's invaluable to college programs. Uh, while we're on this topic, um, something that came across Twitter here just a little bit ago, uh, Riley, the fever, the four time, uh, uh, Division three NCAA champ just tweeted a picture from uh, State College, and uh, you know by the by the looks of it, looks like he may be heading to uh, train out at the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club. He he tweeted from Wab- Wabash Red to Nittany Lion Blue, 
and uh, it's it's a picture of him uh, right by the lion statue. So uh, that's case one more headed to state college. <laughs> that's good. They were I had Cody Sanderson on uh, Matt Chat last week, and they've been struggling with recruiting. So I'm glad they finally yeah. get, got somebody they want. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at what time? At what point do they just run out of room there? I mean, how many? You know, all the bodies that are coming in there. But uh, man, what what Penn State's doing in recruiting, I've never seen it done before. I, I've, you know, I've seen some power classes before. I mean, you, you look back to the the one that uh, Minnesota put together with uh, Schlater and and uh, Roger Kish and and those guys back then. It. it I think they had like five guys that were all ranked number one at their weight class coming out of high school. And what Penn state's done with 2018 right now is absolutely absurd. Number, number two, three, four, five, and six, Seth Nevels, Travis Whitlake, Gavin Teasdale, Roman Bravo young, and Michael Beard now committed to Penn state. David, when's this going to stop? Does it ever stop? I don't know, and you know, Gavin Hoffman's supposedly still going as well. So, I mean, it's yeah, it's incredible. I mean, you know, they're obviously doing a smart job of managing their finances. It's got to be something, you know, that gets tricky, and you know, you know, I assume they're probably getting guys to take a little bit less, and uh, you know, I mean, maybe some of those kids qualify for aid. Maybe some of those guys just want to go there, but it is tough because those are kids that are getting big offers from other schools. And you and I spoke about this, I think it was last week, if not it was the week before, but I think it was last week t- tied to the Mark Perry move. It just feels like the arms race that, you know, Ohio State, or excuse me, Penn State has set the bar and, you know, Iowa's going to respond and Ohio State's going to respond and Oklahoma State's going to respond. And, you know, these schools are just going to keep one-upping each other and doing what it takes to win or to do everything they can to at least make Penn State uncomfortable winning. So, um, you know, it's some of these teams are really good. I mean, Oklahoma State had eight All-Americans last year, and everybody's talking about how the best they can do is third this year. Um, Ohio State has a team that feels like could probably score 130 points, and they've got an Olympic gold medalist on it. And, you know, a senior class, that, you know, with guys like Tomasello and Bo Jordan and Snyder, and they're not the favorite. So it just, yeah, the, the level, you mentioned it with the junior high kids, just the level of wrestling at all these levels continues to climb. And uh, it's it's impressive. And, you know, I, Cody Sanderson's a really deep-thinking guy. You could tell that talking to him. And uh, you can tell that he's a big believer in iron sharpens iron. And, and you add in these recruits and adding guys like Lefevre, and it just it keeps going that direction for sure. Anything else you want to hit before we uh, move on to 157, 165 and take a look at those weight classes and, and how they shape up for uh, 2018? No, we can, let's talk about those. I've got those in front of me here. So, uh, you know, kind of do what we, we normally do, just talk about who's coming back and who is All-Americans. So at 57, you've got Nolf, LaValle, Kemmerer, Joe Smith, Tyler Berger, Paul Fox, Sal Mastriani. So for people that don't have the brackets in front of them, that's first, second, third, fourth, fifth, seventh, and eighth. So another super weak weight. <laughs> and then you got B.J. Claggin, who was an All-American a couple years ago and took fifth and was around a 12-er. And then Jake Short, Archie Colgan, and Bethea, who were around a 12-ers. 
uh, Caleb Romani and uh, Kyle Langendurfer were round of 16. Colin Heffernan, Josh Shields, John Van Brill, and Casey Sparkman were round of 24. Uh, Clayton Ream, I moved him up a little bit because he was the sixth seed, you know, had a really good season, um, ended up actually being the, the round of 33 guy because he lost and then lost in the big tail backside. And then guys like Andrew Atkinson, Jake Faust, Jake Danishek, and then either Thomas Bullard or Hayden Hidley from North Carolina State. You got Jordan Cutler, who missed weight here, who I'm reading will probably end up going to 65. But, you know, I had him listed here for now. You have guys like Richie Lewis coming back off of injury. Um, Jason Sertis will either be here. We talked about 49 last week. Freddie Stroker, we mentioned, might be here. And then you have guys that are freshmen, like or were freshmen, like Caden McWhorter, then Griffin Perry, Evan Wick, guys coming off red shirt like that. I mean, just another loaded weight. What kind of jumps off the page when you hear all those names to you? Well, I want to make a, a clarification real quick. You mentioned Mastriani. He actually is going to go to Brown University as a volunteer assistant. They just announced oh, that's that right. uh, late late last week. Uh, so, so you can take him out of the mix, but. Uh, that being said, I, I, I think that the thing to me is, is uh, you know, can the field catch up with Nolf? Can they can the field close the gap at at any point here? I mean, you got a guy like uh, Tyler Berger that's that's rolling around with with Jordan Burroughs and James Green, and and uh, we saw him make a big jump uh, a year ago, going from around a twelve guy to uh, you know a, a guy that had a pretty consistent season. This year, um, can, can he make another step? Can Joe Smith, uh, you know, a guy that that uh, had so many struggles the first half of the year and things that he dealt with, uh, you know, if he can get a more consistent summer and fall of training, you know, can, can he make the climb? Can Kemmer continue the progress that he's made uh, in, in his first couple years in Iowa City? Uh, certainly, though, you know, Nolf, Nolf, a guy that, that just went, what, 8-7 or 9-8 out in Vegas with, with James Green. Uh, he's not letting off the throttle. So it's, it's going to be up to guys to go catch him rather, yeah. than, uh, rather than him coming back to the pack because, uh, you know, we, we saw him, you know, the, the season he had certainly, you know, in a lot of years he would have been a Hodgler. And, and right. You know, people people that would have you know, if, if people voted for him a year ago, I certainly uh certainly wouldn't blame them for that. I mean, you know, the season he had was unbelievable and no nobody really came close to touching him. So can someone jump up and push him? You know, because we saw it a year ago, you know, coming out of New York City, I di- I didn't know that anyone would, would really push Zane Rutherford at all, that he'd have any close matches. Right. Uh, he had a couple. Hit a couple, and then yeah. he got it cranked back up in the in the postseason and ran through it. But uh, will someone make that jump? Because it, 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 there's a pretty good gap between one and the field right now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you know you got some young guns in there, like we talked about, like Freddie and some of these other guys that are, you know, if Hayden Hidley. I mean, just there's some young kids coming up that it'll be interesting to see. But Evan Wick, so. Um, yeah, so if you go to 65, you got seven All-Americans back from this year. Vincenzo Joseph, Isaiah Martinez, Logan Massa, Chandler Rogers, Daniel Lewis, Chad Walsh, Brandon Womack. So that's one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight. 
So again, just an insane weight. Wow. You have McFadden. Yeah, right. And then you have McFadden, who was sixth a year ago and redshirted. Your entire round of twelve is back. Valencia, Steyer, Drew, Use, Wanbeck. Your your round of sixteen is all back. Deshaun Campbell, uh, Joey Gunther, and I put in slash Alex Marinelli there. Austin Matthews, Juanse Mejias, and almost all your round of twenty fours. Branson Ashworth, Keelan Torres. Luke Zilverberg, Andrew Fogarty, Cole Walter, and then Brian Hammond, although Daniel Bullard might be there as well from NC State. Then round of 32 guys like Lorenzo De La Riva, Keaton Subject, who had the big win over Joseph earlier in the year, Sheldon Wright. And then you can't forget a guy like Chance Marsteller. I mean, because if, if everything's right, he gets to wrestle, and he's awfully, awfully talented. So, um, that, the depth that these weights continues to kind of impress me. What, what I think, obviously, part of the big story here is where Weimar wrestle, and, and what do you think about the rest of this weight? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. That was the first thing in my mind is what color singlet is Weimar going to be wearing next year? Will he remain at Illinois? Will he follow Mark Perry to Iowa? Will he go elsewhere? I, I don't know. I think those are going to be questions that will be answered here in the next month or so, month or two. I mean, he, he certainly has to graduate first. Uh, that's the first part of the equation. But, uh, you know, this to me feels a lot like 184 a year ago, you know, where where we had the matchup that we were waiting for all year long with with Gabe Dean <laughs> and, and Bo Nickel. And, and then you had other guys in there too, a couple of returning NCAA finalists, you know, you know, guys like Tim Dudley and Miles Martin making the jump up. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that too many people are going to migrate into 165 like like 184 a year ago, but uh, man, this it just feels to me like one that we're going to be talking about all winter next year. And and you know, you got some guys hanging down there. You know, Daniel Lewis and Chad Walsh that that started the year pretty highly ranked. Uh, Chad Walsh, super dangerous, a guy that uh, had Imar in a little bit of trouble at the Midlands. Chandler Rogers unbelievably entertaining. You know, Anthony Valencia, a guy that, uh, you know, you know, the performance he put on out in Vegas, uh, out at the open, um, boy, that was a barn burner that he had uh, with, with Derringer. Uh, and, you know, can, can he make a jump in his second year? Well, Will we see him at 165 or will ASU move some guys around? And, and then Marinelli, we saw, uh, you know, I would take that thing, drag that thing out until January before making the call to, to you know, keep him in red shirt last year. But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun matches, not just, uh, you know, those first three with Joseph Martinez, Massa, but, uh, you know, certainly, you know, dragging this thing down to almost 20 in the rankings. You've got guys that uh, <laughs> crazy, you know, all right? candidates, you know, you, you got guys that are, you know, 15, 16 All-America candidates that, uh, you know, All-America candidate caliber. But uh, the problem is, it's like, where do they all fit in? You know, there's there's just aren't going to be a lot of openings, in my opinion, because these these top uh, four or five guys are about as, about as solid as it gets. And then you got some guys like Valencia and Steyer that, uh, you know, going to be knocking on the door as well. Tishon Campbell, ACC champ, moving over into Ohio State's room where he gets to roll around with with Bo Jordan and 
you know, Miles Martin and company and, and gets to train alongside Kyle Snyder. Uh, you know, going to be a terrific addition to Ohio State's roster. And I think it's going to be good for Tishon as well. So, yeah, interesting stuff, David. Yeah, and, you know, this is last year was the first year of doing the rankings officially for track. You know, for me, you know, I think we're someone that we both followed wrestling for a long time and kind of had an idea. But when you do these rankings and you just look at how many guys are coming back, and you know there's going to be freshmen that place next year. You know they're they're going to place high. They always are. It's amazing, like, just the depth at some of these weights. I mean, obviously we have four more to talk about and a lot of movement and things like that. But just so far, how many All-Americans are coming back? And I think it was pretty close to 60 when I did the count. I mean, if you're averaging like six guys a weight that have All-American either, you know, the previous year or at some point down the line. The depth is staggering, right? I mean, it's just, yeah. and then you have guys who are going to just bypass dudes. I mean, that's crazy too. So, yeah, it's super impressive. Anything else you want to cover this week? No, no. Well, yeah, I've been, uh, I've been talking to Coach Sahara. Yeah, talking to Coach Sahara at Cleveland State University, and uh, it. We're going to do that next year right there on campus. They've got a historic gym there, and we're just working out the details, but it's going to be the Ohio border brawl. Again, uh, we're going to split the, the proceeds to benefit the Cleveland State University Wrestling Program and then um, the Extreme Couture GI Foundation again. And uh, I think you and I were just talking about this privately, how you know Ohio borders several states, but you know the, the really, really deep wrestling states are – uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and then Indiana. And I mean, there's going to be, I mean, I looked at Intermat's top 50 high school list, and I think 25 of them are in those three states alone. So I think the entire duel could be made up of top 100 kids, which would just be incredible. So, wow. you know, we're already starting to crack some eggs and work on that process, but it's, it's, I'm excited about it. The wrestling will be super high level and, um, coach is going to try to talk to some of the guys from the Nittany Lion and Ohio wrestling clubs about, you know, maybe wrestling some of the pro matches. So uh, I know, you know, track partnered up with us and that the last time, and, you know, I'm, I know they will again, it, it's going to be a really cool event. So um, I, I'm going up to uh, meet with them in July and, and see the gym and kind of see the layout and everything else, but I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to really be a neat event. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And one yeah. more thing. One more thing before we sign off. I don't know if you caught this, but uh, we talked uh, a while back about South Beach Duels and looking at the uh, teams that are on the list right now. Uh, Lehigh is on there. You know, we mentioned at the, at the beginning, Missouri and Cornell were the headliners, but uh, Lehigh is on the list. North Carolina is now on the list. South Dakota State is now on the list, uh, along with Binghamton, Franklin, and Marshall. Kent State. Uh, Michigan State, Ohio University, Ryder, and SIU Edwardsville. So that event uh, continues to grow in popularity. It's going to be a fun event down there in Fort Lauderdale, December 29th and 30th, to watch some of those duels go down. So anyway, David, pleasure as always. Yes, sir. Always my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, David Mirkatani. Thank you for listening once again to Weighing In with Andy Hamilton and David Mirkatani. If you want to download and listen on the go, 
You can do that through iTunes, through the Matt Talk Podcast Network. This show is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.